Today is going to be Chelek Beis. Chelek Beis of last week, thank you. Beis of, of last week's discussion. <coughs> We're talking about... The realization that began to dawn upon Yosef's brothers, as is understood in the Pasuk and Chumash, the Svarno, of what was really wrong. Because what was really wrong back then is still really wrong now. It's the same thing. And what was really wrong was that we were guilty, the understanding began to creep in, that we listened to our brother, that he was crying out to us, and we didn't hear him. We didn't hear him. And that's why we're going through all of these sorrows. Because as far as the actual sin that was committed, they sold their brother. They were great people, and great people make great mistakes. We're not such harsh of a people, and our mistakes are not so harsh of a But they were very, very great people. And they made a big mistake. And they were great. They made a very big mistake. <coughs> but mistakes, mistakes are made, and one tries to learn from one's mistakes. The ikka, the problem here, was not the mistake that was made with the sale. We spent a lot of time talking about that and learning about that and how could it happen and so on. And, and all the, the chazals that we find later on about the suffering that we're going through because of the sale, but when one looks at the when one looks at the parasha from that perspective of Pneumius and learns what the Svarim are talking about it becomes very, very clear that the, the main problem was not the sale the main problem was how they completely, completely did not get him they just didn't get him they were so totally off in their evaluation of the tzaddik. And those two words, lo shaman, lo shaman, saras nafsha. We didn't hear. We didn't hear him, what he was going through, when he was going up with us. And what we learned last week is that this not hearing continued. Because even when they said, you know what, we can go find him. Let's see if we can find him in Mitzrayim. Right? As we learned last week, we can go find him. We'll see. Remember where they went to look for him? They went to look for him in the Shukshel Zainis and disgusting places. Atkadekach. <coughs> were they off in their evaluation of who he was? Because the question we began with last week. is the same question that Hashem has of us in our lives that how could it be that you're living with this person and 
How could it be that he's sitting in front of you for years and you don't recognize him? The problem with Yosef's brothers is that they were sitting with him. Besides, he grew up in their home. But they're sitting with him here in Mitzrayim and they can't recognize him. And there's obviously something very, very deep that's going on because it can't be a failure, as we learned at the beginning, to recognize just the face. There was a hest upon him. Something was wrong. And Hashem's book is telling us something by that terrible, terrible breakdown in the family of Vehem Lohi Kiruhu, which in the, in the uh, Yeshua Shirem, in the Sef Yeshua Shirem, we're talking about Meshech ben Yosef, right? Vehem Lohi Kiruhu. The Indian of Meshech ben Yosef. Which the film the Golan talks about, and other Tzadik. <coughs> We don't recognize that, and because of that, we're still in Godless. It's all the same sugya. Because when a person becomes fixated on his interpretation of reality, and that that's the way that he touches up reality, he interprets reality, he's committed to that interpretation, <coughs> it's very, very hard to change, even for great people. And in certain ways, the greater the person, the more difficult it is to change. A person who is simple, it's easier for a simple person to shift, to move over, to hear. But a great person, it's much harder. <coughs> so the underlying shorish, the root of Gullus and of the problem back then in, in our family, and the problem now with our children, is the problem of Ahem Lohikiru. <coughs> it came as a result of we didn't hear what he was suffering from we didn't hear, we didn't understand let's continue okay, we're trying to understand our matziv what we're in now as a continuation of what happened then because that's how Shem's Wach wants Jews to live and to understand who we are so, Yosef couldn't hold back anymore. he said, He called out all the Egyptians, everybody had to leave. Not even Malach could be there. Even within himself, how to find that part of himself that was the, to remove all that's external and to come home to that deepest point of who he was. Nobody else was there when Yosef at Sadik made himself known to his brothers. He was crying, and then it says. I'm Yosef, is my father still alive? His brothers couldn't answer, they couldn't respond because they were terrified and confused. We all know the story. We also all know the famous Medrash, which is one of the most popular Medrashim of the Dashanim and the Balai Musaf, and for good reason. And the Sora Kadoshim as well. Abba Krain Bard Lomar, Ori Lonim Yamadin, Ori Lonim Yamad Techecha. So Chazal 
Wow. What's going to be on the day of judgment? On the day of Teichachav, when we're judged and admonished. Yosef's Tanish Shvat. Yosef was the younger brother. And Chazal go on to say, and the and his brothers couldn't couldn't bear the weight of that recognition, of that realization. So the Chazal say, "Lachshiyov Hakadosh Baruch Hu Yechiyach Kolach Lefimashu Alachas Kama Vakam." That when the day will come for each person to face Hakadosh Baruch Hu and to recognize Hashem. And to come to that realization of Ani Hashem, how much more so that the brothers couldn't couldn't bear that that recognition, that exposure with with the with Yosef at Sadik, What's going to be when 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 we have to? Face Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and we're going to realize that we just didn't get it. We didn't get it. That's the marriage. Now Yosef Tzadik <coughs> didn't give them one, didn't say one word of Musar or Teichar. Didn't say one, one thing. There wasn't one word. There wasn't any. There wasn't any judgment. He didn't say a word. I mean, he said, he just said, Ani Yosef. But he didn't say, like, what, you, what were you guys thinking? Or, like, how could you do that to me? He didn't say anything. He just said, Ani Yosef, I'm Yosef. That's all he said. Therefore, this farm tells us that when Chazal tell us, that the Techacho must be when he said, what? Ani Yosef. That's the Pshat. That when he said Ani Yosef, that was the Musaf. Ani Yosef. What's the Musaf? Ani Yosef. But now we understand. And this is what we're learning, the story that we're learning. And at some point, our kids are going to tell that to us. Ani Yankel, Ani Mayushi, Ani Rachel, Ani Beryl, Ani Shmarl, whatever it is. Shvagi, Ani Tuvyu. Ani. The Musaf is as follows. Yosef Tzadik is saying with those two words on Yosef. He's saying, you really, you really think I looked that different with a beard? Really? You really think I looked that different? You really couldn't pick up on any of the, you couldn't pick up any, any of the hints I was dropping. You mean, you're all like super smart, bright people. Terrific and in, intuitive kaifas. And Hakaidis and all that stuff. <clears throat> and you just couldn't pick up on any of this. You didn't pick up on it. Everything was screaming, Ani Yosef. How is it possible that you didn't see me sitting in front of you? You didn't recognize me. So nifhal mipanov. So when he said Ani Yosef, they they they're terrified and confused, right? Nifhal mipanov. They're terrified and terrified and confused. 
The confusion wasn't just because, wow, this is crazy. That's the Prime Minister. This is Yosef. You want to be learned to with children? It's that we never knew who he was. Not just that we didn't, we didn't know him over this last period of time when we're sitting over here with him in the palace for that. It's the same Yosef that we totally misunderstood back home in Israel. And even when we came here with the noble intention of bringing, bringing him back to our father, we went looking for him in a shukshel zainetz, went looking for him in a disgusting place in town. That's where we went to go find him. <clears throat> so they were committed to a psak din, how they paskened who Yosef was. <clears throat> and when Yosef says, Ani Yosef, that entire psak din exploded. That entire psak din exploded. And I've, I've seen these explosions happen. Sometimes it's an atom bomb, sometimes it's hydrogen. <coughs> sometimes they toss a couple of grenades yeah. at you. <laughs> but the bottom line is, Haim Lohikiru. Haim, in this case, we could say are the parents or the teachers. Lohikiru. Just didn't understand Ani Yosef. Lohikiru. <coughs> you didn't know me, Yosef was saying, when I was a kid. You thought I was some kind of a, a Balgaiva and Salsa Basaris, and you touched me up because of my hair. That's how you touched me up because of my hair. You didn't like how my hair, how I was doing my hair. You didn't like that. You touched me up because of what? Because of my, because I didn't want to wear a white shirt, because because I didn't want to put on a hat. Or you touched me up because of uh, I like to grease my hair and look a certain way. And you touched me up that I'm, uh, I'm going off the derech. I don't care about God. I don't care about the Jewish people, you know. Because I, or, or I didn't get up to daven in the morning, so you touched me up that I'm that I'm. Uh, I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. Did you do you <coughs> even try to understand Sarah's Navshi, who I was and what I was and what I was going through? Bechlal. So what he's saying to them is, what we guess would say, you know. Uh, in more modern Hebrew, Kama Chaser Lachem HaPtichut VaHaRigishut. Ever since I was in Israel, I got a little bit caught up in my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I spent years there growing up also, so it comes back to me, you know, HaPtichut VaHaRigishut, HaPtichut. How do you open this? Like to try to understand? Do you ever try to figure me out? Rigishut, we sensitivity. Like, did you ever think about it? <clears throat> he just grouped me together with my friends or whatever it is with what's going on in the world. So you couldn't you <coughs> couldn't get out of your pshat. As you had a pshat, you reached the pshat. You had a conference. You had the, the holy brothers got together and you had a conference and you passed that this is who our little brother is. That what you, that's what you passed when we went back home. Back in Israel, that's how you pass, and that's your pshat. And you decided who I am, and that decision of who I am, you've taken with you now into Mitzrayim as well. You still, you still are convinced that this is the pshat, 
You go looking for me in a shuk shel zaynus. What are you looking for me in a shuk shel zaynus? <coughs> he didn't say to them, you know, Ani Yosef means tzadik yisod olam. Because he didn't talk that way. Ani Yosef. I'm the one that's holding together heaven and earth. Not you. Ani Yosef. Davkin the thing that Davkin the thing that you suspect me that I'm a, a, that I'm a, over there, God forbid, with, with, with women. That's my whole Indian in this world is Nikhilus and Kedush and Taharas and this Indian that you think that I'm no good at. And you always thought of me that way. That that's for, that's why we, you are looking for me in such a place. Because you always looked at me that way. Why? Because you didn't like the way I was taking care of my hair. Or you didn't try to understand what I was saying, what was on my mind, what was in my heart. So whatever was then, it's the same thing now. And you know what? He says to his brothers, there's a certain Teva in the world. I don't know if you made a bracha. There's a certain time in the world that when a person goes through difficulties, there's a time in the world that if you go through your own sorrows, sometimes that makes you <coughs> oblivious to people <coughs> around you because you get completely caught up in your Indian. But you guys are really, really holy people. And I would have expected, and it would have been something that I would have thought would be forthcoming. That since you were beginning to go through, I put you through the ringer over here, and you're beginning to go through all kinds of sorrows, and, and, and to go through difficulties, and you were already going back home, there wasn't enough to eat, and then you come here. So I would have thought that uh, that as as people are going through difficulties, that you would be more sensitive, and you'd be maybe if the suffering that you had back home with the famine, and you're coming to Mitzrayim, I thought maybe you guys will look for me someplace besides the Shukshel Zayim. And maybe you begin to try to understand me a little bit differently, because after all, if you're going through your own service, you start to think that other people have service too. And it's not just about you. Well, the Torah says you have a, there's a whole laugh in the Torah of the Gerla Silchatz. The Torah says to be careful not to mistreat strangers, because the Torah says, Ki Gerim Hiisim, Atem Yedatem is Nefesh Hager. It's a beautiful passage. Listen to the Torah says, Atem Yedatem. You understand the soul of a stranger. You know what it feels like to, to be someplace, to be mistreated, to be misunderstood. The Torah has a whole, a whole love, there's a whole issue. Not to oppress and to mistreat a ger, because atem, because it should be in such a way, atem yidatem is nefesh ager, ki gerem ha'yisam beres mitzrayim. Ki gerem ha'yisam beres mitzrayim. So you were gay, remember, right. And when a person himself goes through that difficulty, so the, the expectation, the hope would be that as a result of that, you would feel more empathy. You would feel more empathy to, to, to somebody else who's going through a time, thank you, who's going through a time of difficulty. <coughs> somebody else who's suffering. So not to think about, you didn't think about what happened to me as a result of the fact that you threw me into a hole and that, and that I end, ended up maybe in Mitzrayim. That you didn't think of what, might, what I may, might be going to have gone through. 
and what it's been like being away from my from my family, from my father, and so on. That you didn't think about. No, you're just continuing on with the same shot. It's the same drush, it's the <coughs> same shot. The way you always looked at me, that's how you looked at me here in Mitzrayim also. And what's particularly hurtful here for Yosef Atzadik, when he said those two words, Ani Yosef, Ani Yosef, was that I put you through, I put you through Tsaris. I'm sorry. I frightened you and I put you through Tsaris. I wanted you, I want, I've been trying to bring you to a place that's called Lishmoa. To hear, to hear, to know my nefesh. Not the nefesh ager, the soul of a stranger. I've been a stranger for a long time over here. Do you think about that? To feel that, what that's like. And I wanted you to feel that, what it's like to be a stranger in a strange place and not to be treated properly and so on, and to be frightened. I want you to feel that. When he heard them talking about Hashem Hanachna, and they began to say, whoa, we didn't hear him. That was the Ischalta the Gula. At that point, yes, if it's how to get ready, couldn't hold back from saying on the Yosef. Couldn't hold himself back. The Agnes Nefesh that a child has, feeling that his parents don't understand him. And all the parents, of course, later on when they're in family therapy, and, you know, $200 for like 20 minutes or something. <laughs> and you just said to the therapist, like, how you doing? <laughs> that was like $80. <laughs> How was Shabbos? <laughs> 140. <laughs> so, so now that you, everybody's together in therapy, and and the kids crying us all out. <clears throat> Did you understand? I had this, I had this thing, I had that, and I had this thing, I had that, and and the parents are saying, always the same. It's always the same thing that happens in the therapy office. Why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you say anything? <clears throat> you know, there's a famous Maisa from Reb Shmuel Salant, he was the Rabbi of Yishalayim. So I told it once before in Shul, Reb Shmuel Salant went to be Menachem Avel. There was a, um, <coughs> there was a Talmud Chacham in Yishalayim who died at a young age and he left a lot of kids, a lot of Yishalayim. And Reb Shmuel Salant went with, uh, I guess his Gabbai or something, and he went to be Menachem Avel to these children. And he comes to the house, and he sits down, uh, and they're all sitting there, there's a lot of kids, they're all sitting there. And Rav Shmuel begins to talk about the father. Rav Shmuel begins to talk about your father. So afterwards when they left, and then the kids were talking, afterwards when they left, so the Gabbai, the, uh, the, the Rav Shmuel's Gabbai said, I don't understand, you know, it's a din Shulchan Aruch, he said to Rav Shmuel so then you're not allowed to talk until until the Ovel begins, right? You have to, you're not allowed to. It's more my continent. It's that you don't begin the the one who's the, the Ovel has to begin by saying something and then he engages you in conversation. So Shmuslan said, What are you talking about? That's what I did. So he said the, the guy said, Ah, they didn't say anything. So Shmuel said, the second that we walked into the house, you didn't hear them screaming, you didn't hear them crying? 
You didn't hear them crying about their father, talking about their father? He didn't. They were totally silent. But Rav said, I didn't begin, they began. It sounded like they weren't saying anything. So by the time you get to the... Uh, I, I remember another guy used to song. It's like a continuation from last night. <laughs> <laughs> People reminding me that that song. But because you mentioned last week uh, a famous uh, singer, he's Takanita Samai. But uh, when you get to therapy already, and there are these conversations of. So there was a, there was an old song back in, in the same Kufa as last week's. Uh, that it's a conversation between a father and a son also and here the kid says how can I try to explain the father's telling him he should settle down get mad. and the kid says how can I try to explain until he turns away again it's always been the same the same old story from the moment I could talk I was ordered to listen and he says now I have to go away I just have to go away I can't start to explain it to him now it's always been the same old story. From the time that I could talk, I was ordered to listen. So I'm going to try to explain to this guy now what, what was... And the emphasis is that we don't understand them. It's not like we don't love them. And they don't talk. Most of the boys don't talk. Girls... <laughs> talk. But most of the boys, most of the boys, they don't talk. They have this thing. Like not to talk. How's Yeshiva? Uh. <laughs> How's Kim? Uh. <laughs> it's hard to get mamish a word from most of the boys. Every now and then you find, but very, very rare. Most of the boys, you can't, they don't talk. We try to find like certain Muslim and certain hints of what they face and, and whether they're happy or they're not happy. So you start asking, is everything okay? And they hate when you ask them that. <laughs> is everything okay? Why are you always asking me that? <laughs> Well, maybe if you would say something, I would know like what you're thinking, what you're feeling. How's it going in, sh how's it going in the, the class? You happy in class? Okay. okay. A little bit more descriptive or something like that? Not bad. That's it. And you mamish can't get from them. And the more yeshivish, the fewer words. It's that comes together with that, that's how it is. Whatever it is. Very, very little. And then later on, later on, you're, 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 you're together with the kid at, at, in therapy, and all of a sudden, in the middle of nowhere, and the kid starts to say together there, when he feels he can talk at some point, and he's safe, and he could pour his heart out, and then he starts to say like, boom, boom. Boom, and then you go. It's like one thing after the other. You didn't pick up on. And then you say, "But I, how am I? How was I supposed to know that? Why didn't you help me? How could you not know that?" You know how many times I've heard, heard this conversation afterwards. Yeah, sometimes when there was Lola, you know, a boy that was uh, I've dealt with these situations. There's a boy that was terribly molested over the course of many years, and he hates his parents. Is his Italian. How come you didn't protect him from the from the from the molester? And it's like the Maisev of Shmuel Salam. 
So the parents say, "How do we? How are we supposed to know? I mean, we didn't. We didn't know. You were like you were a regular kid. We didn't know." And then the kids start to bring up things. Oh, you didn't notice about when this and how it was like this and it was like this and like that. And how come I didn't want to go here and how come I? He didn't notice any of that stuff. No, we just thought like, oh, you just thought. And how come you didn't? How come this and how come that? And how come I was sleeping like this? And how come I was like all these different things that to him were obvious repercussions of his of his suffering of his service a nefesh of the nefesh hayeled. But the parents don't know. Like, how are, we, how are we supposed to know that stuff? Now there's already people talking and they're teaching, and you can, <clears throat> we're more educated than in the past. They're trying, they're trying. But, but uh, and he says just those two words, Ani Yosef. Chazal say, Oy hadin, Oy That horrible day when the kid says, You got me wrong. <clears throat> He didn't touch me up the right way. A rabbi could walk away from this. I mean, the ones who have softer hearts, they suffer from the, the guilt also. Hashem and Menachem. A parent's you know, <coughs> a parent can't walk away. There's no graduation. I mean, it's so it's, so it's tough. Now, now to understand this, listen, one more nakuda. But who Yosef was. And to appreciate in many ways the children of our generation, which I believe are exceptional children. And I believe that the boys are exceptional, exceptional boys, beautiful boys. Girls too. I'm talking about the boys now. Beautiful, mamish, beautiful boys. We don't understand them, we don't know how to read them, but they're mamish, beautiful boys. So Yosef at Sadiq was in jail, right? We'll go back a little bit. So when he when he was in jail. He had every reason to be completely consumed with himself. Because he went through terrible injustice and terrible sorrows. But if we try to think back, what was the beginning? This Chalta de Gula, what was the beginning of Yasef Sadik's freedom? What got things moving? When did the wheels begin to turn? For Yasef Sadik to come out from the from the prison, from the jail. So I think it's very, very obvious. Now the Sarah Oifim and the Sarah Mashkim, they had the they had their dreams on the same night, right? And they were Zoafim. They were very, very distressed and very upset about their dreams, right? Zoafim, angry, or upset. They were. So Yosef HaTzadik asked them, Why do you look so sad? Why are you so downcast? Why do you look so sad? Yosef HaTzadik asked them. And they told, they told Yosef their dreams. And he interpreted their dreams. And the rest is history. Because then he became known as the one who interprets dreams, and then the Halmaisi afterwards with power. <coughs> so, if we stop and think about how different this he he was Yosef than his brothers, 
he was going through a terrible tzara. And because he was going through a terrible tzara, because he was going through a terrible tzara, he could have reacted as many people do. You can go either way. You could either become more sensitive and more empathetic, or you could become more than yourself and more pathetic. Those are the two ways that a person can go. Suffering doesn't leave you the same. Sorrows don't leave a person the same. You can go one way or the other. Sorrows either make you into a greater person, a person that hears, a person that's able to hear what other people are going through and feels the pain of other people, or sorrows could close you down, shut you down. The same, you don't stay. There are people like that that came out from the Muhammad, different types, different ways. I, I was watching this growing up, and I saw different different models of of how to deal with, with that unfathomable sorrow that they went through. Different ways. Either makes you into a big person, or it shrinks you, could shrink you to a very small person. So here in jail, Yosef at Sadik is is in the same in the same prison with these two guys. He's not no shyest to these people. They're a million billion miles away from Yosef at Sadik. The Saram Oifan, the Saram asking these people. And Safkosov, we don't find in the Torah that they complained to him. We don't find that they said anything to him. Yosef Sadik saw, and the Torah makes a point to say that when he looked at them, he asked them, Adun Pnechem Royim Hayam. Could you imagine if we, uh, some of you might work, uh, have the misfortune of working in Manhattan? I don't know how many, how many of you are there. But just in one day, like when you're walking in the street, how many people you pass? It's been so many years since I, Hashem, I, I hardly ever go there. Maybe once every few years I have to be for a, a dinner or something to go into a hotel. I get out of the car and I go in. But if you're on the street, there are like millions of people. Could you imagine if you just stop and say, Somebody showed me, somebody showed me, uh, one of the guys showed me on the phone that there's this, this cute little Lubavitcher guy that he goes around like making people happy. I don't remember his name. America. America, yeah. America. What's his name? Mayor. Mayor. Mayor, yeah. yeah. Commonson. Oh, he's a Commonson? That's his name? Really? Okay. So that's a Hush of the family. So he. he uh, he goes around like to, I'm not saying this is something we should uh, <laughs> you have to be a person that can do that and, and, and not everything is Samua with all of the uh, religious uh, stuff you know, you know has to be taken very seriously in consideration but he, ha- he got to his head this Lubavitch it's like to make, to make the world happy and, and somebody showed me that he just goes like in, he went with these people are like beggars like on the streets in the city, like really, really down and out. Like you, when we pass them, we run, you know, and you go like around and and like some of these scary looking down and out people. And he like schmoozes them and gets them supper and stuff and hangs out with them a little bit. And then it's an amazing thing. They come back to life. He brings them back to life. Madua Panachazov. That's the beginning of redemption. When Yosef Atzadik asked that question, because they didn't say anything to him, he just looked at them. A couple of a couple of guys in jail, you know, and he looked at them and he said, <coughs> "Guys, what's wrong?" That was the beginning of redemption. 
That was like the beginning of Gula. Because then they said, "Can we? You, you mind? Are you asking? Can we already tell you?" I said, yeah, sure. What is it? What, what's, what's bothering you? And they told him what's bothering him. And he said, "Oh." So he helped them with the dreams. And they didn't. And then the Samash came. Okay, forgot a little bit, but But then he remembered and he told Paro. And that's that was the man. And Yosef Tzadik. And from that came out Yosef Tzadik. And Yosef Tzadik became the. The Majibir, and he became the Sholit, he became the ruler of Mitzrayim, and because of that, the brothers came down. Chagadya, Chagadya. And then ultimately, with the Gul of Kimet Sayyid, with Mashiach, comes from, from a, a person who had every reason not to be empathetic, who was so busy with his own life and his own world, and he was able to stop and to say to strangers, Madua, why are you, Chav, what's wrong? If we could do that with our own children. We don't know this. Our own children, we don't forget everything. A whole thing that this guy goes around to, to homeless people and he's mechaya them. But the ones that were living in, that in, the, in the same house that we're living in. Why? <coughs> so then afterwards, at the therapist, says, the, the kid says, Why didn't you see? How come you didn't notice? Did you know me then? You don't know me now? You didn't know me then? So then the father starts to thump and he starts to say, you know, it was, uh, I was trying to make, uh, it was, tuition cost a lot in yeshivas, you know, and I, and I was very, very busy, you know, Valila with this, that, and with the clients. And they don't buy any of that stuff. In the end, they don't buy any of that stuff. Because to the kid, it's very positive. If you love me, if you care about me, even though you have your own tzaras, whatever your tzaras, you're in, you're, you have your, you, know, you have you have all of your inyanim, <coughs> but you would have you would have noticed. Veloshamata, <coughs> you didn't recognize me, and you never heard me. And then the kid will usually say something like it, and you didn't understand me then, and you don't get me now. I'm not interested. Zaygezunt. And this is going on as we speak in many homes. You didn't understand me then. Whenever, whenever we sat, it was always just, how come you didn't get up for davening this morning on time? I didn't see you chazering the Gemara. Why did you, uh, why did you come back a half hour late with the car? I'm not suggesting there shouldn't be any discipline. But at the end, when you ask the kid, when he's 20, like 22 years old, how do you, how would you describe your father? He says, My father? My father is like this. Get up, go to sleep. <laughs> My father's like the most popular guy in the shul. Get up, go to sleep. Or maybe sometimes, how did you do on the Bechina? Oh, a couple of other choice selections that's you know best hits <laughs> like they had the, you know, the best of <laughs> the best of but mom it's like all repertoire you know honey and this and that you know so the mothers can get away with all kinds of stuff and they, that's, they give it back to the mothers very hard because the father they're afraid so they give it to the mother very hard but the mother the mother could like come out at the end she could do no wrong or the father otherwise what did you what, what so you said, what do you mean? I, I, didn't, I didn't take you to a, I didn't, every Sunday morning carpool? 
If that's not love, what is? <laughs> <laughs> Every Sunday morning. That's how, you know, guys, we show love, you know, that's, we show love with carpools. That's how we, you know, that's how we do stuff. We don't say, like, a warm thing. We, just, we, that's, we, we have to show love in a very, very, you know, manly way. So, uh, you know. So then you see even the toughest kid, he's not so tough. Elamai said that's exactly what happened in Mitzrayim. It's the same story in Mitzrayim later on. It's all the Hemshech. Gula began when Moshe went and left the palace. Here is something else. Here it's he left that comfort zone. And he went down to his brothers. Same thing. Uh, he went to ask Jews, Eden, How, how's it going with you over here? It's not good, huh? That's what happened with Moshe Ben. It was the same, same thing. Liros Tsaras HaNefesh Shal Yehudi. So, to see the Tsaras HaNefesh, to be able to hear. <coughs> and my Chazal say that the Asar HaRuga Malchus had, because of Mechiris Yosef, right? And every generation was still suffering. The Tsaras from the Mechiris Yosef. It's so convenient for us to think that it's all just Mechiris Yosef and I never sold my brother. He's not worth anything. <laughs> I never sold him. I would never sell my brother. So we all are fine. Everybody's fine. We all go to sleep. Everything is good. So Chazal say that every generation, because of Mechir, we're doing it in Mechir, I said, what kind of Mechir? I never sold it a Jew in my life. I would never do such a thing. <coughs> what they're saying is, you're still not listening. You still don't recognize. You're still not watching. You still don't see the Saras and Nefesh. You still think that your kid is lost in, a, in Mitzrayim, in a Shuk Shel Zainas, on his phone. That's all he does all day. That's how you tie up your kid, is somebody that's looking at the Shuk Shel Zainas. And he lives in the Shuk Shel Zainas. He might, God forbid, be doing some of that stuff, but that's not where he wants to be. And you still tie up your kid like that. And you still think that that's the, that that's the main reason that that's the reason that we're still in Golas. The reason we're still in Golas, like I was talking about, because of the long shaitles, that's why we're still in Golas. <laughs> that's why we're still in Golas. We're still in Golas because of the long or because they're, or because of Lippe Schmelzer. <laughs> Lippe Schmelzer. That's why we're still in Golas. Kind of song preaches. I'm not saying I like the long shaples. I'm not saying I like his music. And I'm not saying I like him wearing a long shape. <laughs> he should be happy. He should be well. I heard he's a very sweet person. He likes to help people. And, I, and, and the ladies with their shapes. I'm not saying, I, yes, uh, uh, this is good. It's not good. But it's so easy for us to say, that's why Mashiach hasn't come. Like all these speeches. Mashiach hasn't come. Veheim lo hikiru. The Zelda Maiser. They already taught us. Mechiris Yosef. Nachamal, Nachamal, Nachamal. Yosef at Sadiq, Yosef at Sadiq. The kid that's sitting in front of the Rebbe in school, at the Loma Kirta Your kid sitting in front of you in the house, you don't, you don't, you don't recognize the kid that's sitting in front of you. You think that he's an angry, nasty, rebellious kid. He hates Yiddish guy. He hates God. It's not true. He loves you, but he doesn't know how to win your approval because the stuff that. It's needed for him to get your approval. He can't bear. So unless he does what, what makes you proud, 
he feels that you you hate him, and that's why he can't look at you. And that's the whole mess. Because he doesn't know what to do. All he wants is that you should approve of him. All he wants is that you should love him. All he wants is that his rabbi should 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 care for him, should love him. But if he's not able to perform and to do what this and that, then he doesn't do what we want him to do or what the rabbi wants. Then he feels that he's not he's not loved, and these are the people he wants to love the most. Even kids who are mamish abused by their fathers, chalila, or abused by somebody, they, they, they desperately want that person's approval. And that's why they most easily give in to the abuse at the hands of people who are closest to them, because of how desperately they love the person, and they want to be loved by the person. So the... <coughs> so when Chazal said about Mechiris Yosef, which is another two minutes, when Chazal said about Mechiris Yosef, the condemning words, Adain Hachet Kayon. Those words, Adain Hachet Kayon. And the sin of Mechiris Yosef is still here. Adain Hachet Kayon. And that they saw that the Ike, the Ike reason that we haven't left yet, the Gulls is not finished. There's a story that I told many years ago in Shul, I'll end with this today. Maybe one more talk, one more talk, a little bit, maybe. But there's a story I told many years ago that this story I know personally because many years ago, many years ago I was uh, I was learning in a, in a, in a Carlo and there was uh, I'm just I, the people in this will know this story. There's some chaver here that are not from here, so and support the chazal the that. There was a, there was in this Carlo, there were some old Jews that came to learn also there. They were retired. And they came to learn. There was a Shia for them. They had the Daf Yomi. And we used to take turns giving the Daf to them. And, and we had our own Chavuses, but we used to also learn with them. And, um, and there was an old Litvish Yid. Amish, ancient Litvish Yid. With all of the nobility of that sewer of a, of a real Litvish Yid. He wasn't a, uh, he wasn't a, a Talmud Chacham, but he was a Yodeya Sefer. He was a Yodeya Sefer. And he learned Rak. When he would talk to us, we would joke with him because he would tell us stories about Reb Chaim. And, and he meant Reb Chaim Brisker, of course, but, but we said that we would make a joke. We said Reb Chaim Belozhin. That's how old he was. But he would say, nay, nay, nay. <laughs> but it wasn't like so crazy no? <laughs> but we used to joke in the money okay to joke with the Litvaks also not so much <laughs> so so he um, this was a Jew that went through a lot of sorrows terrible sorrows Siberia his children all kinds of crazy stuff and it was once it was Hanukkah, and he and he was talking, and we always would gather around to hear Rabbi Yom and Rabbi Yom would tell us <coughs> stories. And he said that when he was when he was a young man, he said he wasn't particularly good at learning. <coughs> His father only wanted him to go learn by Rabbi to go learn in Grodna. And he desperately did not want to go to any yeshiva; he just wanted to work. He didn't want to learn. He said, I wasn't ever really good at it. And, and a lot of guys that were good at it, and I just wanted out. But I wasn't going to disappoint my father. He said, my father was saving every kopeck, every penny. 
and he hired a Malamid, a Tavachachim, in our little village, to prepare with, with me a sugya in the Gemara of the Vishayinim. Because the way that it worked is when you went to the yeshiva, you would go and you would get fahed by the yeshiva. He would ask you, what are you learning? You would say, over oh, this sugya. And then he would ask you kashas, and he would say, oh, sh- no, you would say your shtickle tyrant. And then after you, asked, you said your whole fancy shtickle tyrant, so then he could ask you some questions. You go back. So my father hired this malavid, he paid his last penny to hire this tamachachim, and he spent six months preparing the sugya with me, so that I should be able to be fahed by Rabshim. And he said, we were so poor that he only had enough money to give me to get a wagon to get to the next town. And he said, after that, you'll find Jews, you'll try to get to Grodna. He said, it took him almost three weeks to get to Grodna. He had to walk part of the way. So he said, the whole way I'm chazing over this stick of This tire of chazing over. Finally, I get to Grodna. You know, he said, Ois mensch, mamish. Exhausted. Terrified to go to see the famous Rosh Hashiv. And, and I asked somebody, Where's the Rosh Hashiv? And they told me over there, in the house. And he said, Well, I was walking to the house, I was davening it, please, that he's not home, maybe just a rabbit or something. You know? And because and, you weren't even allowed to go put your bags down, you had to go straight to get for head to see if you're accepted to the issue. So he said that I, I went to the door and I knocked on the door, Hamazel, Rip Shimon himself comes to the door. <laughs> So Shimon says, who are you? He says, my name is Binyamin so-and-so from the, from the village of so-and-so. That's how they identify themselves. And Shimon says, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard, I know you were coming. Uh, so he says, come in. And it's time for the fair. Now, the way it's supposed to work is that the Bochit just starts to say, Shtikotai, right? But that's not what happened. Shimon says, I have two kashas I want to ask you. And, and he said, I just wanted to die, because that's, that's not how we play this game. <laughs> I don't know anything. I just know my one stickle tire. You can't ask me, like, in Shaz or something like that. I don't know anything. You know, there's, that's not how this works. We've been doing this for a long time, Jews. I just have my one stickle tire. <clears throat> so, so he just said, I wanted to just say, Mama. You know, like, I wanted to go home. And I said, like, I don't know, I don't know anything, Rabbi. Like, so he said, he said, the first kash is... When was the last time you had a warm meal? On the Tzvaitakash is, when was the last time you slept in a bed? And he said he started to cry. And he said, the Reb Shimon Shkup, the God of Lodah, took him, the Rebbe son was away at the Simcha, and Reb Shimon took him, Reb Shimon put out an apron and made for him supper and put him in, to bed himself, talked to him, and said, "We'll talk and learning next week." So don't worry. So this Rebbeinu told us. He says, "Guys, I don't remember. I don't remember the shiurim. I don't remember. It was so long ago, and I got such a clap with the with the with the war. I don't remember anything." But they, the two kashas from Shimon, I remember very good. And he says, "You want to know why do I still put on film, and why is I still come to shul?" And why is it they still want to learn Tyre? It's because Rav Shimon is too cautious. That's what I'm a Jew. Because Rav Shimon is too cautious. Because Rav Shimon was able to hear. Rav Shimon, uh, uh, Sadiq, Rav Shimon heard. Uh, <coughs> Tyre, we talk about it. We want all of our kids to learn. 
And they'll learn if they feel that we're listening to them, they'll learn. They will learn. <coughs> that's our vayda, to recognize and to hear. Hashem Baruch should help them, the schus of trying. That Hashem Baruch himself also sees our father, he should, he should also have such kashas. The B'dishim said the four kashas, you know, I told him, the four kashas, Manashtani, he said to the Baruch these are not just big kashas, honestly. He says, I have much, the B'dishim said, I have much bigger kashas than the four kashas. Chomets and little kashas. So he said, Vidishu said, you know what he said? He said, I have a bigger cash. I want to know why down the block, why Rivka's husband dropped dead in the market list yesterday and left her with a couple of assignments and no money. He said, that's a big cash. Don't, don't give me Chomets and Matzah, Shai Yerakas. The Vidishu said that. I have a big cash. It's a bigger cash than, 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 than Chomets and Matzah. What happened over there to, to her? And the Vidishu said, and I'll go on, and I can live with the kashas. But just let me know and make it clear to me that you're with me. So, and that everything that they were going through is l'shem And I can live with the kashas. I can live, and our kids can live with kashas too. As long as they know that, that they have us, they can live. With, they can live with kashas. They can make it to the end, and they can be elachim. They can be good Jews. With the kashas, we all have kashas. But they can make it with the kashas as long as they feel it. Ki'ate imati. Ki'ate imati. Hashem Zoh should help them. We should be to give them that feeling and to feel it ourselves. Amen. Amen.